What's up, everyone? This is the Building and Empowering People's Podcast, and I'm your host, Victor Thomas and Derek Simmons Jr. And like we said, we just come to talk about life, to motivate, to inspire, to encourage. You know, let's just get right into the podcast. So, Derek, we, um, you know, this first topic is, um, you know, always biting off more than you can chew. So when I think of always biting off more than you can chew, I think of it as always um, having too much on your plate, always signing up for more things than you can handle, always saying yes to things that you should have said no to. I think of things like that. And um, I still find myself, honestly, to this day, uh, biting off more than I can chew. And a lot of times that comes from being uh, just being so people-oriented and not wanting to let people down. So every time uh, a situation or something comes to mind, is yes, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that. But I never check to see a schedule. I never check to see if I actually could do it. I never check to see if I had anything going on. Um, I had it real bad previously, but as of the last couple months, it's kind of been one of those things where I've been working on and trying to like not say yes as often, but trying to figure out that balance and saying no or reaching back out until I'm able to get a for sure answer. But biting off more than you can chew, man, it's one of those things that I think so many people struggle with on a daily basis for the fact that they don't know how to say no or they don't realize how much time it actually is in a day. Like they think that, you know, time is just unlimited. I can just go forever. I can sign up for everything. I can agree to everything. I can do everything at whatever time, but they don't, you know, take in the case that they got work, they got life, they signed up for other stuff. So in the process of that, it's going to be a lot of things that they're not going to be able to do. And sometimes, um, you know, you can kind of double commit to things, triple commit to things. And, um, you don't realize it until the fact that those things start coming up. You're like, oh, man, I was supposed to be here at 1 o'clock, but I got to be at work at 1. I forgot that I worked today. Like, sometimes you just forget priorities that you have in your life because you're so excited for either the opportunity or you're excited to be able to, to say yes to somebody, to be able to help somebody. But in the process, um, you kind of suffer, and it's like a disadvantage on both ends for the fact that um, – that you're a disadvantage because you're not going to be able to make it. So you, uh, you're not going to be able to do that for the other person because you already got uh, previous things that you committed to. And now you're having to decide, am I going to do this? Or am I going to do that? And you let the person down and you let yourself down because you're like, man, I didn't realize that I did that. And what happens is we do that and we continuously do it over and over and over again for the fact that it just becomes a normal routine, like overcommitting or biting off more than you can chew. It's just, it's just mundane. Like I did it once, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna keep on doing it until, you know, you decide like, hey, um, I don't wanna be this person anymore. And sometimes it's hard to see that you're that individual. And sometimes you can get other people that can kind of, um, that can kind of tell you that, you know, hey, you've been overcommitting. You've been biting off a little bit more than you can chew as lately. And I just, you know, wanted to point that out to you or whatever. So that's just my thoughts on that. What about you? How do you feel about biting off more than you can chew? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like recently, like, uh, kind of like you, I've been in, in like, kind of like the same boat, like, buying off more than I can chew. And it's just like, it's like sometimes you say so committed, 
and certain things that you're not even aware of the things around you. And then like, you also be so committed to the point to where it's just like, it's just like, and now it just becomes like a routine, which isn't like a bad thing because you're staying productive, but like on the sense of like buying off more than you can chew, it's just like, you won't, you don't really have time to slow down. Like you really don't have time to like say yes or no. Cause like I said, like, we, we as people, we neglect time so much. Like there's like 24 hours, which is a lot of time. But it's like, if you don't really manage your time, make use of your time, it's just like, it's just going to go by so fast. Like I had days to where like some days seem so slow and then some days seem so fast. It seemed like the fast days are the ones I really didn't manage my time the best. Uh, and so like, I feel like it's as people, like we need to really, first of all, when buying off more than true, that we pay attention to time. And second, like you said, overcommitting, because like we always say, like the more you stay real overcommitted to something, it's just like you want to start to be, get burned down eventually. Then you're going to get in this hole of um, of just like you're tired and stuff like that. Then you're going to reach a point to where it's like you want to go back to the exact same, same point. It's just going to be a a cycle. So it's just like when you when you committed to certain things, like you got to make sure you pay attention to things around you. And that's what I'm. Like, that's what I have to learn as well, because if you don't even pay attention to the stuff around you or uh, manage your time, it's just like all that is just going to go to waste. So that's really what I have for that. OK, let's jump into this next one, man. Um, looking looking for the wrong people. But in the process, you're ignoring what's right in front of you, like you got people. You got people that is in front of you that's willing to help you. But what you do is you constantly overlook those people and you go out and chase the people that keep letting you down, the people that keep on lying to you. But you got this this way of like your thing is, you know, the thing is just like, I know these people. I'm familiar with these people. I'm going to keep continuing to reach these people. But in the process, the people that's right in front of you it's almost as if like you don't see them. So what are your, your thoughts and take? Uh, my thoughts on this, like, I feel like a lot of people, they, they getting, like, I feel like it's, it's, it's hard to get people out of what they're used to do. Like their condition and stuff like that. Like a lot of people, they grown up with a lot of things. And, and, and once you like, you surround yourself with people that you're used to, you start to, really conform to their ideas or you conform to like what they do. And it's just like when other opportunities of help come, when people try to come to get out of that sort of thing, it's just like sometimes for individuals, it's hard for them to get out of what they're used to. And that's, that's one thing that like a lot of people need to realize just because you're used to something that doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you. And it's just like, you got to really be open to help and open to the people that really got put in your life because without doing that, it's just like, you're going to continue to be down the same rabbit hole. I mean, that's how I was most of my life. Like I wouldn't even say I was around negative people, but I was around like certain people who had certain lifestyles. But now like in this position of my life, like really surrounding myself with people that is really just helping me grow. Like, I feel like that's, that's necessary for me and for a lot of people to do, you know, because like I said, we, we can't really go through this stuff alone, but also in the midst, but you also got to make sure that you're surrounding yourselves with the right people that's, that's trying to push you and not necessarily keep you in the same state that you are. You know, when we were talking about like, yes, and stuff like that, like how a lot of people just say yes and yes to certain things, like you're going to a lot of, 
you're going to really need a lot of people that is not a yes man in your life. Like you got to have the people that's going to help you to grow, help you mature, help you to see many areas of your life that you need improvement on, you know? And so like, I feel like it's necessary. Like, I feel like that's the main thing for this topic. I just want to let people know to stop like being comfortable for what you used to and start to really walk into like what's necessary for you. I feel like that's, that's one thing that I want to lead the people off with that topic. But yeah. My takes on it is, um, you know, it took me, you know, to really get an understanding of it. I, I was the person a while ago that was just, just trying to reach out to people. When I first got into like the building and power thing, it's like I was reaching out to people I didn't really know. And then at times I was reaching out to people um, that was close to me. I'm like, oh, they can help. They can do this. But the whole time, like, they weren't really the ones, but I didn't really see it. But it was people that was, like, right in my face that was willing to help. But I didn't really, you know, give them the time or attention. They would say stuff like, I'm here for you. Give me a call. Here's my phone number, this stuff. But I would neglect that. I would, you know, kind of ignore it and not really pay attention because I was out, like, trying to chase everybody else. I'm like, all right, I got this. I'm doing my own thing. But what I didn't realize is I was just really just too young to really understand uh, what they were saying. So I, in the process of that, I wanted to kind of do my own thing and kind of neglect what was being said, you know, from the people around me. And uh, I recently just started to understand, like, stop, re stop reaching out to the people, the wrong people, and start reaching out to the right people. And what that means is everybody that's in your life isn't the right individual, isn't the right people. It's going to be people and individuals in your life that aren't on a level that you are. And, it, and that's okay. But it's like, they don't want what you want. They don't see what you see. And they're not willing to help you to get to anywhere. They're not even capable of doing so because of where they are in life. But you also have these individuals that's in your life that are there, that are waiting, you know, that are a phone call away, that are here. And a lot of times we don't pay attention or see them per se like they're right there it's almost like they're hiding in plain sight but we choose to neglect it but like i said as of recently i've been starting to like really figure out like who's there who's mainly there for me and who's not who should i be connecting to and who shouldn't i you know like if i reach out to individuals and they don't respond or whatever and i hear from them when they need something like, oh, that's the wrong person right there. But if I reach out to individuals and they're responding, like, as soon as they get an opportunity or a chance to, and it's like that consistently, it's like, oh, now I'm starting to see, like, those are the right individuals because those individuals aren't really, like, pushing me to the side. They're like, all right, I was busy. I was doing what I was doing. I seen that you needed me, and I responded, or I called you whenever I was able to get a chance. So it's just a matter of, being able to to see it. Like just because you're you've known people or people are have been in your life forever doesn't mean that they're the right people. The right people are the people that are giving you the time and the day and that are for you and that are willing to help you on whatever level and you all have kind of a, a pretty good connection. But um this this third one man uh, this third topic here is Becoming better, at, becoming better at your craft. So when you think of 
the craft that you have and becoming better at it. Kind of talk to the people about some of the things that you do to become better at your craft. Some of um, the time frame that you put into it. When did you like kind of discover your craft? Yeah. So if at all, yeah. Oh my bad. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I guess one. It's kind of I kind of discovered my craft like I always knew God wanted me to speak and do all this different stuff like that. But I didn't really know like what exactly what it was. So like uh, one of the, like that assessment, that ET assessment uh, that you gave me, like knowing that I'm like a grounds crew or grounds person. Basically, what it is is just like for those people that don't know, it's like basically those who like really. Like, like, I guess like the groundwork of things, like you go out and serve, you go out and do this, you go out and do that, like being a support system. Uh, on top of that, hearing like, uh, having like uh, a passion to really spread the word of God to people um, and get that out, like, and just combining those two, like, what, what's the word for it? Um, combining those two ideas, like really helped me to like, see what's my like passion what i like to do what i've been called to do so like i like to go out and minister and evangelize and do all disciple making and stuff like that um i mean that's what i would call my craft and if you want to talk about like another craft i guess school i'll count school as a craft um and i feel like i can go into two ways with this like when you want to talk about the scope of the school like i really don't want to do it if i'm going to be real with you but it's like the things that we don't want to do in life is probably the things and most likely the things that you're going to have to do. Um, and sometimes you won't see the purpose in that moment, but that just because you don't see something, that doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, so that's what I had to learn with school for that craft. I had to learn that even though sometimes doing the craft may seem tiring, I had to, I had to be willing to push past my feelings. Like I have, and that's another thing with crafts. Like you're going to have to, it's, you you won't have to realize that sometimes crafts isn't driven by feelings. If you're driven by feelings only in your craft, it's just like you're not going to be 100% committed because our feelings deceive us. Like some days we'll feel like doing it, some days we won't. So I had to get out that feeling mentality and I had to start, like not not necessarily discredit the feelings because I feel like sometimes those feelings encourages us, but also like to the sense of like walking by faith and not by sight. Um, when it comes to like actually what I love to do, Again, you can you, know, you can get tired of that. That's why when it comes to like doing a craft, we were talking about being overcommitted and buying off more than you can chew. You got to make sure you have like a set schedule. Like before I used to do this stuff like every day, but now it's just like I'm learning to really slow down on it and really have a balance with it. But I feel like, you know, advice what I would do for like bettering yourself, for one, staying committed and staying persistent in what you love to do. Um, and love, like, is that's gonna that's going to make us like go the extra mile on certain things, even when we don't feel like it. Um, second, uh, let God direct your steps. Like the Bible talks about, lean not to your own understanding. And the Bible also talk about, don't think of yourself so strong and feel like you can't fall because you can. Um, and I just think about all these different Bible verses that talk about like, you know, following God and abiding in Him. So I feel like that's number one. Uh, allowing God to direct your path, but number two, like really uh, just staying persistent um, and don't be overcommitted to certain things and try to find a balance with each and every single one of these things. 
But yeah, that's that's just the few ideas and stuff I feel like can help somebody. So when I think about you know when I was picking up the craft, uh, the craft is like the thing that you're like working on, the thing that you're good at. It's not particularly something that you don't want to do. Oh uh, my bad, my bad, bro. It's all good. It's all good. And um, particularly the thing that you're like you figured out that you're supposed to do. I figure that, you know, within the craft, um, things that I've been doing to how to, let me just start with how I discovered my craft. I actually discovered my craft. God actually told me what he wanted me to do, not specifically, but kind of broad. And it's kind of like the thing of, you know, God will show you the mountain, but won't show you the path, or he'll show you the path, but won't show you the mountain. So he showed me one and I had to figure out the other. And now I figured out what the other is. So some things that I do to kind of work on my craft is that I I do videos. I edit my videos. I figure out different creative ways to be able to do so. And what my craft is, the things that have to help shape my craft, I don't particularly like. But in order to get that craft to where it needs to be, I'm going to have to do it. So I push past my feelings on me not liking to do certain things that are part of my craft and I just do it. But some things that I do is I kind of commit to bits and pieces of working on it each and every day. So um, those are some, those are that's how I discovered my craft. That's some some things that I do within my craft. And I would say that each and every day, because I do those things, each and every day I get just a little bit better. I may not get as good as I would want to be, but at the same time, it takes time to become better at it. You got to have reps. You got to have practice. You got to have consistency. And, you know, earlier you mentioned the, uh, the flight assessment. So the flight assessment, and you were, you were mentioning grounds, you were grounds crew. You know, um, a lot of people, I'm going to speak a little bit more about that because a lot of people don't really, you know, know of what the flight assessment is. So basically, this flight assessment has been around, you know, over a hundred years. And it basically, you know, if you want to look at it as a disc assessment or whatever, we've, you know, it's kind of broken down into four different categories of individuals. You know, you have your, you know, your D, your I, your S, and your C. Your D is considered a, a pilot. Your I is considered a flight attendant. And your, um, your S is considered grounds crew, which you identify with and your C is considered air traffic control. And what happens is once you figure out which one you are, through taking the flight assessment, you figure out uh, your strengths, your weaknesses, your preferences, uh, the things that make you different, the things that make you stand out. And in the process of that, if you have a craft, it makes that craft even better to be able, it makes you even better at working on that craft. If you don't have a craft, it gives you an identity of a craft or a couple crafts that you could be working on to be able to identify who you are and the, the route and the road that you're supposed to be traveling and doing what specifically uh, matches who you are and what you will excel within. But that's, that's it when it comes to the craft though. That was just a little information on the, uh, on the flight assessment and how it's really like a game changer. It helps you to see stuff that you don't see before I, before I uh, even knew about it, you know, I was kind of like all over the place. But once I knew about it and took it and got coached and stuff, it was like, 
it was a game changer. It was it was pretty much speaking to me things that I didn't know. It's almost like it was this hidden language that was that was there and available for me, but I never knew where it was. And then once I, I took it and I was able to to hear that those words that I didn't hear, a lot of it I identified with. I'm like, yep, that's right, that's right. And it's like it's pinpoint accuracy. It was just telling me stuff about my life that I didn't even know. I'm like, whoa, like if this right here can work, like this is powerful. And that's what made me want to go get, you know, the train and being able to talk to people and to to do so. But um yeah, man, let's get into this um this fourth topic. Talking to people from your perspective or talking to people from where they need to be met. So when you think of talking to people, right? Do you typically talk to people from your eyes and where you see things or do you kind of see them and where they are and like, all right, let let me talk to them based off of where they are in life. And it's not a right or wrong answer. It's just a thing of where do you typically, when you talk to people, do you automatically go to the relatable thing? Like, oh, I, uh, I'm i talking to you from what I know. Or do you like take some time, hear them out and kind of see, all right, let me, let me give them what they need instead of what I know. And that yeah. makes sense. Yes. Yeah, this was a, a good question, bro. Cause uh i guess i can since we always do this i'll start off what i used to do bro and maybe this can help somebody too uh so when i usually try to help somebody beforehand i always love to help people i always love to help people so i don't think, i never feel like my heart was in the right place but when i talk to people it was more talking on the lines of me being heard if that makes sense rather than me actually trying to help them uh so like like you said, um, I feel like I usually talk to people about what I actually knew. And sometimes I help people, sometimes like, I just probably should have checked up on more people, sometimes it didn't. But I know like my intentions was just to be heard. Now I feel like I use a little bit of both, if that makes sense. Um, first, like I listen first, I listen first especially when I go out and, you know, minister and disciple, whatever, I, I, I listen first. I listen to what people are like just going through or saying and stuff like that. Um, cause I like to, uh, well, first, like, uh, I, I know the Bible was talking about, um, slow to speak and, and stuff like that. And like, I know it says slow to anger, but I was listening to that slow to speak. And I was just thinking about how that one dude in the meeting, you said how he listened, and um, I feel like it's important as people that we listen, because if we don't listen to people, it's like we're never going to fully help somebody. So I listen first. I try to relate with them. And then, like, I, I say, like, what I feel about the topic. That's how I you do when I, you, when I talk to people now. But I feel like the most important thing is just to listen first before you even say anything out of your mouth. Like, you shouldn't, like, they should say something to you, and it, it shouldn't be in lines of you say what, this is how I feel. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I feel like you shouldn't really say nothing until you listen. You get a, a better understanding. You relate with that person. Try to reach them at their level and then say what you feel. Um, that's that's really all I do. I just try to use a little bit of both. So for me, man, when I when I look at it, it's um, I always I've always identified 
and try to talk to people based off what I know. I try not to to speak of things that I don't know at all. So that's that's for me, and that's maybe because you know when it comes to uh, my assessment, you know, 99, 99 flight attendant, 99 air traffic control. So the accuracy. So even though I'm a people person, like my accuracy is like there. So I try not to to make mistakes. I try not to make errors. I try to to be very specific in what I'm doing. And because I I'm able to to study and research and to know a lot of information from reading, from listening to audiobooks, podcasts. I have a lot of head knowledge and it's very useful in being able to talk to pretty much anyone. And I first, I actually do both as well. So what I do is I listen because it's important to listen because if you don't listen first, you miss out on the details. You miss out on what's being said before you give information on partial information on partial information that's been given to you. And sometimes that can be dangerous because you can hear half the story and give information on half the story and the other half is told. Now this information is invalid and goes against the rest of the story. So it's very important to listen to the whole thing. And what I do is I listen to the whole thing. I, I analyze it. I think of if I've been through it, if I've experienced it, if I've seen it, then I go off of the information that I have and I give it to them. And typically with that way, it's pretty much giving them information based off what they need. And it's also giving them information that's based off what I know. But if I didn't listen to them, I would just go straight into the what I know. And just because I know it doesn't mean it's right for them. Because it's like, it has to be very specific at times when you're giving information because it's like, it could be two situations of that that you're given. Just say like um, you have you have two different individuals. One is getting physically abused, and the other is getting verbally abused. You can give the same information for the physically abused as of the verbally abused. It's two different situations, two different scenarios, and you would go about it given two different understandings within that, which both are wrong, but it's like one has one has to have a certain type of information and the other has to have a certain type of information. But if you gave the verbal abuse information to the physical abuse information, it won't do any good for their situation. And if you give the physical abuse to the verbal abuse, it'll probably get the person in more trouble than they need to because they were physically, you know, abusive and they, it's a possibility they could be locked up off of just their words, which probably doesn't require being locked up, but the physically abuse probably does. So that information would be different. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's, uh, it, it's very important to, when you're talking to individuals to not, already have a story or have what you want to say uh, already there to the point to where you can't hear anything else. Because a lot of times I found myself a lot of times in life listening, um, not really listening to what the individual had to say, but I already knew what I wanted to say based off of their first couple words that they were going to say. And because of that, everything else that they said just went in one ear and not the other. And as soon as they got through, I couldn't wait to say what I wanted to say. 
And it was just like, was you even listening to what I had to say? It's like, I just gave you some fire information. What are you complaining about? It's like, but I said X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, I ain't hear that, but that's fire information. You can use it. It's like, no, you don't, you don't get it. And then once you hear that enough, you're like, all right, maybe I need to, my way of, of getting it is to actually finish listening to the whole story and not have advice that I want to give before I even hear it. And a lot of times it's people we find ourselves there and, you know, it's just what it is, but we can become better at it. Yeah. And that's how I used to be too, man. Like with receiving and trying to give information, like I always used to think about like what I wanted to say, like while they talking, cause I was like, you know, this is so good. Like, I know this is going to help them. Like it helped me or like, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like, I feel like it's it's just as we as people we have to learn how we listen because also with listening too, it just it just shows the individual that you truly care. You know what I'm saying? Even if like you don't have the right information, the fact that like you're listening and truly uh, listening, not trying to listen to try to get information out or like you you want to get that, but it's just like the intent of listening. It just like shows the individual that you truly care instead of just trying to shove something down their throat. And sometimes it's just like, it's just like we as people, we want to shove it down their throat and not shove it down their throat at the same time. Like shove it down their throat to the sense of like, it it, it can really help you, but like not shoving it down to where it's like, okay, I want to meet you where you're at. And maybe this stuff that I'm trying to say, maybe it's not meant for you. Maybe it's meant for somebody else. Uh, but like, I feel like with the art of listening, it just shows the individual truly that you care. So. That's pretty good. Let's get into this this last one. Uh, so when you when you recharge to get back to a hundred percent, what does that look like? When it comes to, because obviously you know we get drained throughout the day by people, things, situations, whatever it is. So how do you find that that recharge? What do you do to recharge to get back to where you need to be? Uh, so I take a. I usually take a a day. Um, if it's something that happened during my day or like, even if I'm just trying to take a day of rest, I go, I, I just pray to God, man. That's, that's one of the things that's really the main thing I do. And that's the first thing I run to. Um, I, I tend to pray to God. I, I know there's a verse in the Bible where David was talking and David said, uh, um, it, it was just on the lines of he was tired, but he said, let God restore me. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, once you get in this state of tired, it's just like, you need something to charge you up and something to restore you. So I, I, I really pray to God. I go to God first, man, straight up. Like first thing I do. Um, second, after I pray to God and let him restore my strength, I, I try to disconnect myself and unplug myself from certain things that's going to make me want to get up and like try to, be overcommitted and bought off more than I can chew. Uh, I just try to really just take a day of rest, man. Just reflect. Um, and really just try to do things that, you know, just take away my distractions from a lot of things. Um, so I won't necessarily think about like what I can do better or what I did. It's just a matter of this moment. How can I really make the most of this moment to where it's just like, I'm, I'm resting, I'm slowing down. Uh, so like I said, I just tend to pray to God, man, and anything I can do, maybe like be with my family or 
watch certain things. Not like a day to where it's like I'm just completely not like uh, productive. Of course, I'm productive either way, but it's just like taking that day just to slow down and just talk to God, let him restore your strength. That's really what I do. Um, although, of course, we all got our different ways, but that's personally what I do. For me personally, um, I wouldn't say I've mastered it. I've kind of figured it out, but it's still a process to figure out. But what I do to get um, 100, to get back to 100% is obviously, you know, God is the source. So that's just, that's just first and foremost. At yeah. the beginning of, beginning of the day, you know, how I start my day is with God. So God is always the charge of the day, the charge, the recharge, everything. And what I do to to recharge is I try to identify what's drained me. So in the process of me identifying what's drained me, I try not to go back to that source anytime soon because of the draining that it takes. So what that means is you have individuals that will call you and all they want to do is complain. They don't have any value to bring, but they want to complain about what's happening, what's going on in their life they they only want to come to take. So in the process of them doing that, that's draining you. They're not calling, having a mutual conversation like, hey, how's everything been going? It's okay if a few problems here and there come in, but their whole motive is to just drain and take from you. So when I hear that, I try to avoid that once I see it um, and hear it. And also, like when it comes to work and when it comes to being drained by work, for me, I'm drained by work more so mentally because I don't have a physically driven job. So it's more mental than anything. So what I try to do, you, I didn't know what to do at first. I, I used to just be mentally tired and go do some more mental work. And I'm like, you know, and I was always more tired. And it's like, man. It's not the right way. So I heard, um, I heard someone say, I don't know where I heard it from. I think it was through like a book I was reading or an article, or whatever. And it was like, it broke down the difference in being tired. You know, they say you have a physical tire and you have a mental tire. What you do to break physical tire is you go work on mental things. What you do to break mental tiredness, you go work on physical things. So now what I'm learning to do is when I'm mentally tired to do physical work. So like, if I'm mentally tired from the mental work that I've been doing, I can go work out, go walk, go uh, take a jog, whatever it is, do something that's like active, that's going to get my mind back rolling because I'm not physically tired. My brain's tired, but my body isn't. So now my body is like, all right, you get me to work and I'll get you back right. And also when it comes to your mind, I mean, when it comes to like your physical tired, it's like, all right, now your body's tired, but your mind's like, let's go to work. So hopefully that helps and that, that helps someone when you're physically tired, do something mental. If you're ment mentally tired, do something physical. And also to, to not have to recharge as often, start figuring out those sources, those outlets that are, that are draining you. It's like that are draining you throughout the day, that are draining you more than often. You know, sometimes you have the phones that got like good battery life and stuff. So you don't have to charge them that much. You can use them a lot, but you don't have to charge them that much. And then you have the battery, the phones that have the battery life that you use them and they drain fast and you got to always recharge. Right? So what I would say is once you can start to identify those sources that are doing the heavy draining, 
start to figure out a way to kind of like separate yourself from those sources that are doing heavy draining. And the ones that are doing like light drains, they're doing something you know, here and there that ain't too big, then that's okay because you can always recharge from there. Yeah, for sure, man. That's why, that's why I just feel like, of course, like you said, just like you said with the phone, man, it starts off at 100%, man, but the more you use it, it starts to really you lose battery. So it's just like, like you said, the same thing with our life. Like, uh, you don't want to really lose your drive on certain things, so it's going to have to take moments of recharging, bro. So that's true. Man, that uh, was there anything you wanted to leave the people off with before we ended the podcast this week? Uh, I guess when I was, I guess when we were talking about on the topic of recharging, just be willing to let God restore your strength again. Because, like I said, we we have times to where we'll go at it after certain things, we'll stay overcommitted on certain things, and all these different things. But it's just like we're gonna have to reach, we're gonna reach points of tired. Like that's just we as humans are. We're not capable of really. You know what I'm saying? Go after certain things at 100% every single day. You can, but it's just like you're going to lose some type of energy. So just really letting God restore your strength and just be willing to know that it's okay to slow down in life. That's really good. I got. That's about it. So that put this in a book. This is episode 45, and we'll see you guys next week. I'm going.